0: Be open to the opportunities that come your way. Be open to the opportunities that come your way. Um, for it's so often in those opportunities that we step through, that we take, that, that we are developed, that we discover more about who we are, that we discover more about who God is. And it's so often when we choose not to step through the opportunities that we miss out. Be open to the opportunities that come your way. I remember a few months into marriage, we had... Um, some good friends, Dave and Sid, they're over at the cannery and they invited, um, Courtney and I, they were going with some other friends or two other friends. They were going out to, to Steamboat, Colorado. And they asked us if we wanted to go skiing with them. Now, up until this point, we'd been married a few months. We had very, we had, we had zero money. We were, we were just beyond broke. And, um, we barely knew one of the couples that was going with us. Um, court had had five knee surgeries up until this point, right? And so skiing's not exactly her thing, right? And, and for whatever reason, we're like, let's do it. Like, you know, we had all these things working against us. So we're like, we, we got to step into this. And so, you know, what, what, what happens is opportunity came our way and, and we, we took it. And you just discovered so much. You know, I discovered that if you're going to make a 24-hour road trip to Colorado, you need to do it with funny people, Right. And what what I discovered is that you cannot just watch episodes of TV shows. You can watch whole seasons of Arrested Development, right? If you're if you're driving 24 hours, I realize no offense, Emily, there's not much to look at in Kansas. Like it's just it's a little bit better to drive through at night if you had the choice. Like would you agree? Okay. And so, um, you know, you, you, I discovered all these these things. You know, I discovered that I'm terrible at skiing in the trees. Like have you ever been skiing before, I just prefer the the, the open hill and and, and what I realized is that, that so often when you, when you take opportunities, you discover things. that when you, it's, it's through taking these risks, taking the chances that you begin to be developed, that you discover things that you would not know otherwise. And I realized that the same is true about God. That God has this way of bringing opportunities our way. And, and when you and I, when we're people that go, yeah, we'll step through those open opportunities it's in that that we're developed. It's in that that we discover more about who God made us to be, who it is that God is, and it's when we choose to not obey that we miss out. Be open to the opportunities that come your way, for it's through them that you discover more about God, you're developed in the person you were made to be. You know much of what we've we've been in the past few weeks in the book of Acts has been about us going and, and leaving this place and sharing what God is doing and inviting people to, into our lives, inviting people to discover the realness of who God is. And it's, it's been about us taking the initiative. Up in, to this point in Acts, it's just been like, go, 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 go and share and share. And what I love this morning is that we get this whole other side of, of life with God, this side where, where God takes the lead, where, where God puts things on our hearts, where God thinks Put things in our past and our pasture, our p- pasture, no, that's no, not Kansas. Our posture is, 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 is not one of, of being active, but, but one of being receptive, one of being responsive, one that is obedient and open to the opportunities. This morning, I love the story that we're going to be in. And, and there are a couple of things that I want us to just kind of notice that, that kind of stand out. We're going to hone in on Philip. We're going to hone in on this Ethiopian man. And, and there are three kind of characteristics that I, I think that we see in the, these, two, these two characters, these two men in the Bible, that, that hearing from God is something I want us to talk about this morning. This idea of hearing from God, this idea of being hungry for God, and this idea of asking, asking for help. So hearing God, being hungry for God, and asking for help. Let's jump in. Acts chapter eight, starting in verse 26, this idea of, being, of hearing God. It says, now an angel, listen to this. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road, that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and on his way, he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and on his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet and listened to this. The spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. You know, I read just those few verses. I don't know if you're like me, but, but I, I see that and I go, wow. I wish God would speak like that to me. Like, I wish an angel of the Lord would speak to me, right? Like, do any of you, as you're reading through that, you're like, man, it'd be so clear. How did he so clearly hear the Spirit of God? Hearing from God is so special. It's significant. Nothing compares to God's voice in our lives, the, the confidence, the, the joy that it brings. Have you ever been discouraged when, when someone said to you, hey, um, I heard the Lord say, or, or the Lord showed me this, And you're like, how come I've never heard that? How come I've never been there before? And I remember praying with this guy one time and and in the middle of our prayer, he he, he was praying and he said, hey, I think I have, I think God's given me a picture for you. I think he's given me like, he's something for you. And I kid you not, it was like in the middle of this prayer where he's like praying for me and he's encouraging me and I'm so discouraged because I'm like, why don't I ever get pictures like that? Like, why, why isn't my prayer life like that? Why don't, why don't I experience hearing and seeing like, like he does? And, and, and have you ever been there? Have you ever been discouraged reading passages of scripture like this? Hearing from God is special. And it's not just for a few to experience. It's something that each of us was made to do. Do you actually believe that? You know, all of life, the culture that we live in, we're taught from a young age, right? So think about with me in, in elementary school and middle school, there, there, are, there are classes and then there are what? They're honor classes, right? And then there's, there's varsity and then there's what? Junior varsity. And then there, at the end of the year, there are, there are people who excel in the classroom and they get awards and then there are people who don't get awards, right? And, and, and all of culture, all of life tells us that there are haves and have nots, that there are those who are on the inside and those who are on the outside but not in the kingdom of God, especially when it comes to hearing from God. You know, the next few weeks, I'm so excited as I think about Acts 8, 9, and 10. We're gonna be looking at different ways that God speaks to us, not the way that God spoke to us, the way that God speaks to us. And I strongly encourage you to to be here the next few weeks if you wanna know what it looks like to listen to God. We don't have time to unpack all of it today, but we're gonna hone in on on one kind of aspect of listening to God. And, and I love Acts chapter two. Throw that slide up for me, will you? It says, and in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. Now what I love is that, what we're seeing here is that there's there's not a the holy spirit is not confined to one gender or to one age that the holy spirit is given to all for every man for every woman for no matter how young no matter how old when you turn to christ when you realize that christ is the king of heaven the king of earth the one who saved you the holy spirit is given to you and he uses this word will prophesy Go to the next slide. 1 Corinthians 14, verse three says this. The, the one who prophesies, this is what Paul says, speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Maybe you've heard the word prophecy before. Maybe you think about the Old Testament prophecy. You're like, what is prophecy? It's, it's when God speaks through people. Sometimes you're aware of it, sometimes you're not. For the strengthening, for the encouragement, for the comforting of other people. And God does this, God is doing this. And you've done this. Like if you're a follower of Jesus, you've done this. You're like, no, I haven't, let me tell you. (laughs) Sometimes we do it and we're completely clueless, right? Have you ever had a moment, Andrew was pointing out this, like you ever had a moment where you're like driving down the road or or, or you're at home and you just think about somebody, like someone that, that just kind of is impressed on your mind or your heart. And you're like, I think I just need to call them or text them. And then you reach out to them and they're like, this is like the perfect timing. I'm in the middle of an exam or I'm in the middle of a hard situation. Have you ever done that before? Or has someone ever done that for you where you've been the beneficiary of that? And I'm going, that is one of the ways that God speaks to us. And sometimes we're we're completely clueless and sometimes we're incredibly clued in. You ever had one of those moments where where you're praying for somebody. Maybe it's a friend who's going through something hard or maybe it's someone that, 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 that's just in your life and you're just praying for the blessing of God and, and you're thinking about them and then a verse comes to mind. Or maybe a picture or maybe you feel something. Maybe you start to feel like, oh, I, I feel alone or I feel scared and, and it's not yours because that's not your situation but you realize the Holy Spirit has given you empathy pains. Right, And the way that the Holy Spirit works, one of the ways that he works is through this idea of prophecy where God will put things on Laura. And it's intended to to not stay with Laura, but to flow through Laura for the building up of Aaron, for the building up of Deb, for the comforting, for the encouragement, for the strengthening of the body. And so let me tell you a way that this has worked. I remember uh, during the fast this year, back in February, Courtney and I just dropped our kids off at this kind of Mother's Day out night. Um, We were going on a date and our kids had just you know, they had been a six, four and two year old typical, right? Just, just giving us a run for our money. Right. And, 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 and all day parenting and just, and, and we get this text from this girl who doesn't even go to, to our church. And she said, Hey, I was praying for you. And she said, I felt like God was, was showing me this image. She said, I saw a picture of your kids and they were grownups and, and they were carrying swords and they were carrying shields. And I'm like, all right, like, I guess we need to go invest in some of those. And, and she said, she said, what I saw is them as grownups. And she said, what you're doing right now, the hard work of raising your kids, she said, God is making them strong so they can grow up and they'll be able to defend themselves, but not just themselves, they'll be able to defend other people. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Where did that come from? It comes from the Almighty. It It comes from God. It comes from God. It comes from God through his people to other people. And sometimes it's very clear like that. Sometimes it's moments where it's like you're praying and you're locked in. Sometimes it's like you're driving down the road and you think about sometime, something. Sometimes it's like my friend Will the other day and he wasn't even trying to speak prophetically, but, but he was speaking into my life. He, he said these kind of these words to me and they didn't feel good in the moment, right? And, and Paul doesn't say that it always like, leaves you feeling good. What he says is sometimes these words are com- encouraging, sometimes they're comforting, but sometimes they're strengthening. You know what happens when you get stronger? Sometimes you have to go through hard things. Right? You don't get stronger unless you put more weight on the bar. Right, Jake? <laughs> That's how you get stronger. And, and, and he says these, these kind of hard words to me. He's like, Brandon, he's like, that, that, that you're missing, like God has made you this way. He's like, you've, you've kind of put to death this part of your life and you're going to have to work hard to, to put some fertilizer on that part of your heart. He's like, you've lost some of your joy. And if, you have, if you've ever had someone speak like that to you, you never like words like that being spoken to you, right? We're always like, we throw up our hands and we're like, you're such a jerk, right? But if we can take a step back from the situation and we can go, you know what, you're right. And we can receive those words humbly. The Holy Spirit speaks. And, and, and I wanna just encourage us to, to have a culture here at, at Marathon, a culture of listening humbly and of sharing humbly, that I know God is speaking through you. And sometimes it's just like, hey, I see Chris, and I know Chris is like killing it at home, he's trying to be a great dad, and he's trying to be a great husband, and I just wanna go up and say, hey man, I just see you and I appreciate you. You know, Like, you know, Katie, I know that you're working hard right now, and you're raising a little one, and, and Lana, I know that you're just working hard and you're going after God, and sometimes it looks like just looking at people and being like, Brato, I'm just glad that you're alive. And for us to do that when the body is together, you have no idea how much those words can go in people's lives. And sometimes you'll be sitting here and God's gonna give Gerald a word. It might be a scripture for, for Lana. It's like, I gotta go share this with her. And for us to create, for us to come into this place and go, hey, the only place that you're gonna hear from God is not just from whoever's talking today. The Holy Spirit's speaking directly to you. Man, woman, young, old. And do not deprive our body. Take the risk. If if God's putting something on your heart and it's strengthening, encouraging, comforting, go speak it to them and speak it humbly. If God's putting something on you and you're going, hey, I don't know what to do with this. I'm having kind of this this passage of scripture and I don't really know David, but I feel like I'm supposed to go share it with David. Come talk to me. Come talk to Andrew. Come talk to Dale. Come talk to Nana. Be like, hey, God's putting this. I don't know if I'm supposed to share it or not, but what do you think? And, and we can discern these things together because I really believe that, that when you hear God's voice, nothing makes you come alive. Nothing, comes, nothing makes you come alive like God's voice. And for us to come in here and to expect to hear God's voice. Philip heard God's voice. I love the, the second kind of movement in this text. We see this hunger for God in verse 27. It says that said he started out on his way. He met a, a man from Ethiopia, a eunuch an important official in charge of all the treasury of the candy. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. I'm very intrigued by this man. He's fascinating to me. On a road trip, let me ask you a question. What are you listening to? Last road trip you went on, what were you listening to? I've already exposed how different I am than this guy. I'm watching arrested development on a real long road trip. What is what is this guy reading on his road trip? did you, guys, did, you get, did you hear what he was reading? You can speak in church, you can speak. What was he reading? Isaiah. You don't read the book of Isaiah on a road trip. (laughs) Unless you're hungry for God. You know, I I love this, this guy. You just see this inside into his heart. And we don't know everything about this man. We don't know if he was well acquainted with Judaism or if he was just curious. We don't know. We don't know a lot of things about his life. We know that he, he was respected. We knew that he had influence, that he had money, that he had power. I mean, this guy was in charge of, of all of the money in Ethiopia. This guy had power. And yet you see him making this trip to Jerusalem that would have taken several weeks on an a oxen-drawn carriage. Think about that. Several weeks. Why is he going to Jerusalem? He's going to worship the Lord. And what's so crazy is that upon his arrival, he would discover, maybe he knew this, maybe he didn't, but he wasn't gonna be able to do the very thing that he made the trip for. You're like, what are you talking about? Upon his arrival in Jerusalem, after traveling for weeks, he was gonna discover that he couldn't actually go in and worship God with everyone else. Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse 1 says that no one who has been emasculated may enter the assembly of the Lord. Maybe he knew this, maybe he didn't. But can you feel the disappointment? when he realized as much as he wanted to, that he was never gonna be able to go all of the way in, that, that he would always be on the outside looking in. Have you ever had one of those moments where, where, you, where, where you get to the gate? Like, I remember Kayla Meek was telling me about this, that, that, that he was going to spend some time in, in another country and he gets up to, to wherever he was flying out of and his passport had been expired or something happened and he couldn't get there and all this work gets there and you realize, I can't go. I wanna go, but I can't go. Have you ever been there before? Or have you ever felt, have you ever been in this place where where you did everything that you could? I mean, you put in all the practice to make the team and you didn't make it. You did everything you could. You, You studied so hard in high school and you didn't get in the college that you wanted. You didn't get in the sorority that you wanted. You didn't get the job that you wanted. You didn't get the girl that you wanted. Have you ever been there? I started to see the, the hardness of this man's life, the, the reality of what his life was like. So high up officials in the first century, what happened so often is that, is that they would be emasculated so that they could be trusted around the queen. Wasn't a choice they made, right? So often a choice that was made for them. This man never had a chance to have a family. He shows up to Jerusalem, unable to worship like everyone else. I don't know why this command was given by God. Deuteronomy Army 23, maybe Ben can explain it. I don't understand it, like, but I do know this, we, we can't stop here. Maybe Deb can explain it. We can't stop here because the story doesn't stop here. This is a little side note. This is for free. You know, a, a lot of times we have questions about God or scripture. And we don't have answers to them. And so, so often what, what we do is that we just quit. We quit pursuing, we quit believing, we quit reading, we quit coming to church, we quit the hard work of asking and praying and seeking. We, we quit the hard work of continuing on despite the uncertainty. And what we learn from our brother is he doesn't quit. And because of it, there is an unbelievable reward. I love verse 28. On his way home, he was sitting in his chariot reading the book of Isaiah the prophet. The fact that this man had a copy of Isaiah the prophet is a big deal. So we had the benefit, right, of Gutenberg's printing press that swung open the door for mass production of, of books and papers. But do you know how people got copies of things in the first century? They hand. Yes, that's right. They, they wrote it out by hand. I remember in third grade getting in, getting in trouble. And having to do a hundred word write off. You know, did you ever have to do that? Was that the only troublemaker? Aaron's like, yep, I did. Yeah, Jonathan, yeah, there's a couple of you. Could you imagine if that was your job? I discovered that it would take someone a year to hand write out, to copy out the book of Isaiah. This is an expensive thing that this man is carrying. It's costly. And what I love is, is, I don't think it's a coincidence that it's Isaiah that he has. And so they don't have the benefit of having a nice bound Bible like we do, right? So often what happened is they would have individual books. And so the book of Isaiah would be in a separate scroll. And so more than likely, this guy's carrying this, this one book of the Bible of all the 39 books of the Bible. Why Isaiah? And I might be reading too much into it, but I don't think it's a coincidence because you realize that in the book of Isaiah, there is a hope that is cast for this man that isn't cast anywhere else in the Old Testament. Throw up Isaiah chapter 56. Even though Deuteronomy chapter 23, verse one says this, an emasculated man can't enter the assembly. This is what Isaiah chapter 56 says. This is the word of the Lord. It says to the eunuchs who keep my Sabbaths, who choose what pleases me and hold fast to my covenant, to them I will give within my temple. Where? Not outside my temple. Where? Within my temple. In its walls, a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give them an everlasting name that will endure forever. You see, I believe it's in the midst of his hardness of life that this man's holding on to the hope that God has promised. That this man has every reason to stay at home in Ethiopia, to enjoy what he does have, to be bitter about what he doesn't. Yet what we see in this man is a hunger for the living God. And this man has so much going against him. But I love this characteristic that he has. He's holding on to what he does have. And what he has from God is a promise that although things in this life right now are not working out in his favor, how he wants, he knows that one day God will make all things right. And that right now on earth, he might not get what he wants, but he knows the promise of God says that one day he he will have a name. That one day he will be with God. That one day he will be in the presence of God. And I love that he's clinging to the book of Isaiah. He's clinging to the hope that he does have. It's found in the book of Isaiah. And I don't think it's a coincidence of all the 39 books in the Old Testament that he had to choose from. Why Isaiah? Because it's what gave him hope. It's what his heart needed. And I go... If, if this is you today, if you come here today and you're a follower of Jesus and life hasn't turned out how you'd hoped, how you'd want it, if it's just hard, if your family isn't what you, what you thought it was gonna be, if the future that you've worked so hard to build is crumbling before you and there's absolutely nothing you can do to stabilize it, if you can't seem to climb out of the hole of depression and anxiety and discouragement and disappointment if nothing seems to be working, if you experience same-sex attraction and you realize that pursuing a same-sex relationship isn't what fulfills you, it's not what God desires. So you resolve to honor God with your celibacy, with your singleness and the struggle, the hardness of that if you're married to someone that's hard to love if they've changed. If you realize that you have a dream or a desire in your heart that isn't gonna to come to fruition in this life, what we learned from our brother, cling to the hope of Christ and what he has promised. And it doesn't mean all the hard stuff's gonna go away. But clinging to his promise in the midst of the hard stuff anchors us. I love Revelation chapter 21. Throw that slide up, please. It says, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. And for some of you go, man, that's what my life is right now. It's mourning, it's pain. And what he is wanting us to understand is that we learn from our brother to cling to the hope. That promise, grip it. Do not let go of it. He promises one day the tears will be wiped away. Don't give up the hardness of your situation, he sees you, he's with you to strengthen you, don't give up. You hear from God, there's a hunger for God. I love this last piece, and we're almost fun finished. He asked for help, and I love this in verse 29. So as the Spirit told Philip, go to that chariot, stay near it. Listen to verse 30. So Philip ran to the chariot, And he heard the Ethiopian man reading Isaiah the prophet. Do you understand what you're reading, Philip asked? How can I? Unless someone explains it to me. Listen to this. So he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. And this is a passage of scripture the eunuch was reading. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter and as a lamb before its shear is silent. So he did not open his mouth. In his humiliation, he was deprived of justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me please, who is a prophet talking about himself or someone else? And Philip began with that very passage of scripture and he told him the good news about Jesus. Philip has every reason not to approach this man. At this point in his journey, Philip is now a refugee. Right? He's, he has been scattered from his hometown. He is living in a place that's not his own. And, and he's walking down the street. And, and here comes this important official. Can you just imagine? Like You know what happens when the president comes to town. <laughs> Things get shut down, right? You can't drive on the interstate. Think about, he would have come with, with pomp and circumstance going down the road. And here is this refugee man of a different skin color. Different socioeconomic class. He has everything working against him. The spirit says, go stand beside him. Could you imagine? <laughs> and he walks up to his chariot. And you just see how God is working. It's like, this is all God. It's like, he's just got his great big arms around it. Like, and Philip's getting to be a part of it. And this, this eunuch who's seeking God, God's about to do something extraordinary in his life. And I love that this man from Ethiopia, he looks at him and he has the humility to ask for help. You know, this, this man, it would have been very easy to look down upon this guy who's probably dirty, different skin color, you know, and he invites him up. Wow. And this guy who, who has so much, he, he doesn't have so much that he's not one to ask for help. And I love the humility that he has to ask. Will you explain this to me? We are not made to go through this life alone. Amen. Sometimes God, out of the goodness of God's heart, will intervene in our lives. We're gonna look at this story next week when when we're just kind of running our life into a ditch and God's like, hold up, I gotta stop this. (laughs) But so often what happens is that God will wait for us to decide that we actually want to live with God that we actually want God to dwell in our lives. And and, and some of you this morning, we're gonna take communion here in just a minute. Some of you right now, you're going through some hard stuff and you're going through it without Christ in your life. I love the passage of scripture from Isaiah that is quoted because he he says like a lamb before the the shears is silent and he faced this unjust death. And, and, And I want you to know that that if you're going through hard stuff right now, no one gets you like Christ does. That the one who willingly stepped off the throne, who stepped down into our suffering, who stepped down into our pain, who stepped down into the chaos of this life and who willingly stepped into it to associate with our suffering, not to separate from it, that's the king that we serve. That's the Jesus that we serve, who lowered himself, who who entered in, who, who wanted to feel the struggles that Kate's going through. And it wasn't good enough to to stand in heaven. He said, I'm going all the way in. Hebrews 4, we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses. We have one who's been tempted in every way that we have. He knows the hardness of this life. And some of you are trying to go through the hardness of life without Christ. Let him in. Let him comfort you. No one can comfort you like Christ. No one gets you like Christ. I remember the very first Sunday that my wife and I, we'd, we'd had a miscarriage. We'd lost a baby. We grieved and we mourned. And the very first Sunday, I come back, I'm sitting right where I'm sitting, and, and another brother comes up to me, and he had had a miscarriage. And he comes from behind me, and he's just kneeling behind me, and he's putting his hand on, on my back. And I just, I just sense Jesus just wrapping his arms around me and just crying with me. No one can, no one wants to comfort you like Jesus. In the midst of your hard stuff, but you've got to invite him in. Do you believe in this Jesus who died for us, who rose again, who's at the, the Father's right hand seating, who's coming back for us? Who loves us, who risk it all for us. Do you believe in him? Then give your life to him so he can dwell in you and help you. I can't imagine going through this life without Christ. It's why we as the people of God have got to be so serious about pursuing people that don't know Jesus. Because we have the hope and we have the spirit and we have the comfort. We have all these things, but people don't. That's why they're turning to so many other things. They need Christ. If you don't have Christ, give your life to Him. Here in just a minute, we're going to take communion. You can come to the Respond Banner if you don't know what that looks like, but will you come to Jesus today? Let Him dwell in you, let Him help you. Some of you are going through this life without Christ. Some of you are going through hard stuff, and while Christ is in your life, no one else is. No one knows what you're battling. And by asking for help, you know, that we have to kind of break through that barrier because it's so hard. It's so hard to let the guard down and let people see, oh, I'm actually struggling. I'm struggling with lust or I'm I'm struggling with, with depression or I'm struggling being a good mom or I'm struggling being a good husband or I'm struggling in my work. And so often we just keep it all closed and no one knows the hell that you're going through. And you're not made to go through this life by yourself. And some of you today, you just need to let some people in. Like the eunuch, ask for help. Asking for help doesn't show your weakness. It actually shows your strength. Some of you, you come here this morning and, and you don't know Christ. And some of you this morning, you, you don't have good community. Some of you, this, you come here this morning and, and, and you wanna hear from God more clearly. And I just wanna encourage you, all you have to do is ask. You know, I told you that, that beginning this, uh, of this morning, I was in a prayer time and, and my, my friend was praying over me and he was seeing all these pictures and I was so discouraged and I felt like God was just saying, Brandon, all you have to do is ask. Like you just have to be willing to, to ask, God, I want to see you. I want to hear from you. I want to hear your voice so that I can build up your body so that I can encourage you. And all you have to do is ask. And for some of you, maybe that's what it is in communion, just to to, to raise your hand with the people you're taking communion with and going, you know what? I don't hear God as clearly as I want, but I want to. Will you pray for me? That can hear God clearly. And some of you, God has put something in your heart to do. God has spoken to your heart. And may your posture be like (laughs) Philip's. What did he do when he got that word from the Lord? He didn't walk, he didn't pace, he didn't you know, go back and forth. Is that really God? What did he do when he knew it was God? He ran to the chariot. And if God has spoken something clearly and it's been confirmed by the community that you're around that's walking in Christ's likeness, then run. Then run after the things that God's put on your heart. So we're gonna take communion here in just a minute. We're gonna eat the bread, drink the cup. I encourage you, please, take communion with some people today pray for each other and share what's going on. It doesn't mean you have to, to get with everyone, but give to people that you know and trust and let them in on your life. And if God puts something on your heart, man, share it. And if he doesn't, it's awesome. God is still God. Throw up that last slide. As you leave, let this be our prayer. Will you help me to be, the, to be open to the opportunities you're giving me to help others this week, God? May this be our prayer. And as much as we enjoy it, as much as the Holy Spirit meets us in communion, let this be our, the glasses that we put on this week, the thing that we view our world and our culture from. Help us to take the opportunities you're putting in front of us, God. Let me pray and I'll take communion. God, thank you for every woman, every man, every child here. God, I pray that you would help us to hear you clearly. Help us to believe in you, Jesus, to follow you. And I pray wherever the enemy is working, that every one of his strongholds, that every shackle would be broken this morning, that in this room, there'd be freedom in Jesus, that you would set a free Christ, that you would just, you take your hands, you would break those chains that are keeping us the chains of fear, the chains of addiction, the change of lust, the the change of of, of the lie that the breakthrough is not coming. Jesus, we pray that you'll break every chain that you would set us free, King Jesus, so that we can live for you, so that we can live with the joy and the peace that you desire. And I I pray, God, would you breathe that on us? Would you pour out your Holy Spirit on us that this morning that we need you, that we want you, that that we're helpless without you? And so, God, forgive us the moments that you've spoken to us and we've been disobedient. Forgive me, God, how, how I treat your words, your commands so just, you know, like they're up to my discretion. God, help me to obey you. Help me to be the type of man that hears you and that obeys you. Help us to be the church that hears you and obeys you. And would you use this this week? Would you open up opportunities so that you can be glorified? People who need you, people who are hungry, people who wanna know, people who are like this this Ethiopian man, God, who are hungering for you and just need help, God. Help us to view these opportunities this week and to take every one. And we'll give you the glory that you deserve. In the name of Jesus Christ we pray, amen.